0: Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. You're going to love this episode with Jackie Bryan. I'm going to tell you all about her in one sec. But before I do that, I have two announcements for you. Number one, I think you're going to get really inspired in this episode about eating more fruits and veggies. If you don't, no worries. And some of you might be able to take what you hear in this episode and go out and get in the amount of servings that Jackie says to get. But if you don't, I have a number of ideas for you. So just email us at Mia at meals.com and I have a resource for you that might help you out. And if you're really serious about getting in more fruits and veggies, let's just hop on the phone for 20 minutes and talk it out because I have a lot of ideas. Actually, Jackie and I both have a product that we love and adore. So I'd be happy to share anything about that with you guys as well. All right, second thing, Flow 365. This is the official name of this group of 40 women who are going to come together and rock it out for a year. Find flow. Really make space for the things that matter, the food, the lifestyle upgrades that you want to make, the spiritual practices, a.k.a. OM, and work, meaningful work within a year. It's about calendaring and planning for all those four areas and doing it together in a group so that you really have accountability for making a plan and sticking to a plan. I am so excited for this work. I'm so excited to see who comes together. It's coming together slowly but surely. It's great. I've had amazing conversations with many of the listeners, and I'm excited to have some more. I'm really giving myself, all of us, the month of June, I know it's a super busy time if you're a mom and you're working and your kids are still in school or getting out of school or you're at the beginning of vacation. So I'm giving us the time to really come together and to be able to step up for ourselves and see if this is a good fit. So if you are interested in Flow 365, there's actually a web page up now. You can go to plansimplemeals.com slash flow365. There is also going to be um, uh, something on the homepage that you can click on, although at the time this goes live, I'm not sure that's there. So the best bet is to go to the URL or you can also just email me at aplansimplemeals.com. Again, I love hearing from you guys and that can just ca- start a quicker conversation. There is somewhat of an application process for this just because I want to make sure that it's a good fit and that we're all on a similar path and that we can all really um get give each other support and get the support that we need in this year so that everybody can have a super successful year. So super excited about both those things, but I I can't wait for you guys to hear from Jackie. So I met Jackie a couple weeks ago. She was actually giving a talk in the Boston area and she I was just super excited for a talk. I don't know why. And I'm a little bit of a a nerd about learning more about the body because that wasn't my training. You know, I really got into all this food stuff by experimentation and needing to lose some weight and then understanding after that how much it affected in my body. So this is not what I'm trained in. I'm trained as a designer. And so the more I learn, the more just fascinated I am and of what food and lifestyle can do for us. And so I love talking with people who are very trained medical professionals who figured out that food and lifestyle and sleep and all these other things really play into our health. And Jackie just has this way of explaining the scientific and the lifestyle in a very tangible way that I think can really help us understand what's going on and why we have to pay attention. Because I think that why is really what pulls a lot of us forward or needs to pull a lot of us forward. So I find the more I start to learn, the more motivated I am to do well on a daily basis. So Jackie's a registered nurse. She's a functional nutritionist. She's a health coach, and she's a whole health educator. So she's got all these amazing credentials. She's going to tell us more when she hops on. So with no further ado... Let's welcome Jackie Bryan to the show.
1: Hi, Jackie. Hi, Mia. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to pick your brain today. I love picking more technical brains.
1: (laughs) It's fun. (laughs) So tell so (laughs) tell us a little bit about what you do. You're a nurse, right? I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse for like a hundred years, really <laughs> long time. <laughs> um, I was a critical care open heart nurse at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore, oh, wow. and also an ICU nurse at Lehigh Clinic in Burlington, Massachusetts. And um, loved nursing. Um, also was a consultant for several medical companies over the years, and went to Tufts Medical School and got my master's there uh, in health communication. Um, but I was dealt a pretty serious diagnosis back in 2003 that was a complete game changer for me. And uh, at the age of 37, I was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of breast cancer. Mm. And um, it had already spread to my lymph nodes and required six surgeries, um, you know, eight rounds of chemo, radiation, years of hormonal therapy, um, just a, a real. Um, flap in the face and it really kind of forced me to look at what I was doing with my life. And, and so that experience as a breast cancer survivor was really the catalyst for me to start my own business because out of sheer desperation to save myself, because clearly uh, something was amiss, something was out of balance in my body that caused me to get uh, breast cancer. I had no family history um, consider myself a fairly healthy person. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but this terrified me so much that in my efforts to educate myself, I started having all these people come over and they wanted to learn what I was learning. And, uh, my husband sat me down and he said, honey, this could be a business. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, so I actually became certified as a, as a health coach. And then that was sort of the, you know, which, which really trained me in talk therapy, uh, yeah. a way to kind of connect with, with people. And then as I became more skilled in that and, and merging my Western medicine background with that, I started to uh, acquire more knowledge and became certified as a whole health educator, which really looks at the whole person uh, mm-hmm. rather than just, uh, you know, handing somebody a pill and saying, there, take that. And then went on and became a functional nutritionist, which is really cool. Are you familiar with what functional nutrition is Mia I,
0: I am, but tell tell the listeners yeah
1: it's it's so amazing, and it's been one of the best things I've done, which was it really looks at how food meets physiology, so mm-hmm. when you eat that donut, <laughs> what's actually happening inside of your body and i I am so I feel so strongly about the fact that when people really understand what happens it may be a catalyst for them to change their behavior. And so I, I take a merge of um, being this whole health educator, looking at everything from their the physical body to the nutrition, to the emotional, spiritual, um, every aspect of what makes us human. And I build a program that's a good fit for people's lives. So that's what I, I do now. And, and really the catalyst was my own cancer experience, but through this education, I've had such a a growth personally and professionally. So it's been, it's been amazing. It's amazing. And when you got diagnosed, you you already had kids. I had, um, two children at the time, uh, one from my first marriage and one from my current and final marriage. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we actually creatively had our third child. So um, we, we had, um, her via carrier so she's our child but we had somebody actually carry her for us that's right a whole another long story uh, yes that because is post, the reason i because post cancer you you had i i wasn't allowed to carry a child yeah, yeah which so, is pretty pretty devastating but i have a 25 year old daughter i have a 16 year old son and i have an 8 year old daughter so I have a big range of hormones in my house. <laughs>
0: yes. Oh my God. And you guys have to go check out her picture on the podcast episode <laughs> page because you do not look like you could have. Oh, you yeah. Know. Yeah. <laughs> so clearly, all this stuff you're learning is doing really, really good things. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, going back to sort of more traditional nursing and when you got cancer. Are there like a couple things that stick out as to like either things that you changed or things that you realized were just not right, like right with the situation as far as your like what you were eating, how you were treating medicine, like what were some lessons from that time?
1: I love that question because, you know, it's like I wish I had a crystal ball. You know, I wish I could have looked back and said, Jackie, this isn't good for you. Why are you doing this to yourself? Uh, It's never just one thing. Yeah. I can say that to people because, especially being a survivor, there's a lot of guilt. It's like, what is wrong? What did I, I remember, I remember being out with my family when I was first diagnosed and looking up at the sky and saying, just please give me another chance. Just, I want another, I want another chance. And, you know, it makes me emotional even just to say it because I I had a lot of stress in my life. So if I look back, I don't think there's a lot that I could have done about it. But, yep. you know, as a competitive athlete my whole life, I played three sports in college, mm-hmm. uh, continued to play after college. So I was running the Boston Marathon. Wow! I was working full time. I was um, getting my master's degree. I was a single mom to a child that had a lot of health issues. Um you know, I had a lot of stress and my idea of stress management was, okay, I just need to get to the pillow tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I just need to get to the bed and then I'll be okay. And then I would wake up, you know, at 4.30 to clean the house or I would, you know, everything was, you know, um, scheduled to a T. There wasn't any, you know, wiggle room. In fact, when I met my second husband, just such an I remember him saying, you know, you want to go out? I'm like, I really don't have time. (laughs) You you seem like a really nice fellow, but you know, I just, (laughs) I just don't have time. So I would come, I would come home from work or graduate school and he would be mowing my lawn. Oh my God. I was like, wow. Okay. And so our quality time was doing a lot of chores. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's (laughs) really, truly why he stuck around. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) but but I'm glad he did
0: I'm
1: glad oh my god that's amazing I love that so
0: so we met at a talk you gave actually Mm -hmm. um, about the microbiome one of my favorites yes favorite topics um so will you you and it's funny because obviously in this like world of health and wellness like you he- we're hearing so much right now that word the microbiome and the gut and mm-hmm. how all the, you know i feel like that's being thrown around a lot but your explanation of it is like awesome so oh, will you, you explain to everybody what the microbiome is and why it's important that we're paying attention
1: sure so first of all the name of the class that you had taken was called chew on this that was my mm-hmm. my workshop and it has really become a huge passion of mine, understanding microbiome, but they can tell you that it's a fairly new science, mm-hmm. so they're learning something new every day. I mean, every single week I get a new study about the microbiome coming across my desk, um, but there's enough compelling information and results from some of the research that they're doing that if people are not paying attention to it now, they really, really need to. So what is what is microbiome? So microbiome is uh, microbiome actually means little life. Um, they're, they're little bugs. So if people have aversions to bugs, I am so sorry. <laughs> but you have you have about a a um, hundred trillion of these little bacteria that are all over your body they're in your armpits they're on your tongue they're in your digestive tract they're on your skin they're inside you they're they're all over and so for every one of your human cells you actually have 10 microbiota so what what this kind of means is you are more of a super organism than you are a human and they weigh, you know, the research is saying you have about three to five pounds of these bugs on you. So I can just envision some of your audience being like, okay, this is kind of gross. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh my God.
1: But what's really amazing about these bugs is that researchers are now seeing that they are um, intimately connected to all of the body processes that go on inside of us. So they're connected to how our immune system functions. And I actually like giving this example, um, because my very first year of nursing, which was again, like a hundred years ago, um, my very first year of nursing, I was sick constantly. I mean, I was just constantly with a cold or a stomach bug, but the second year I wasn't sick at all. And, and people kind of say, oh, you built up your immunity. And so when people make a statement like that, what they're talking about are these bugs. They're actually, so, so these little microbiota actually get smart. They, they look and they say, okay, that bug came in last year and made Jackie sick. When the bug comes in again this year, I'm smart now. I'm on to you. I'm going to make sure that you're not going to make Jackie sick again. And so the microbiome is something that not only affects your immunity, but it changes over time. It's kind of like your, your fingerprint. It's a unique, um, everybody has their own type of microbiome inside of them. And your microbiome knows if you're a vegan. It knows if you exercise every day. It knows, um, you know, if you're somebody that has a lot of stress. It has a, it, it has a normal And what researchers are most interested in is understanding what disrupts the normal. So if you're somebody that's eating vegan and all of a sudden you start eating red meat, your microbiome is like, what is me doing to me? Right? Like what is, what's happening? So um, these guys actually not only impact our immune system, but they have a big effect on our metabolism, how we actually metabolize food. So for those people that are struggling with weight, especially, you want to pay attention to these guys because there are actually microbiota that are more efficient at storing fat than other. And, and what we know is that people that eat a highly processed diet or the standard American diet or SAD, um, that type of diet feeds the bad microbiome. And, and most likely you have the bacteria that makes it easier for you to store fat, especially around the middle which is really the more dangerous location to, to have that.
0: And does that also change over time?
1: it does and yeah. so one of the things you'll find and so so this is the hard part about the research is that the researchers are taking the microbiome from a healthy person and they're comparing it to a sick person mm-hmm. someone that has cancer someone that doesn't somebody that's overweight and somebody that isn't overweight somebody that has diabetes and somebody that doesn't have diabetes and they're comparing them and the greatest thing that they're noticing is that there's a greater microbial diversity what that means is those people that are healthier have greater diversity than those that are sick. And that means they have different, more uh, different types of strains of the microbiome than those people that are sick. And and why is that good? Well, it's good because it help, helps fine-tune the immune system and makes it that they are more... Um, alert and more uh, in tune with different types of bacteria that might be coming into your body. So the key focus with microbial diversity, at least from what they're seeing now with the research is that we want diversity. So everybody should be striving for diversity. And then I'm hoping the big question is, how do I get more diversity?
0: <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, well, and and I, was, I was just about to ask that. And, and what's interesting is like, so and because I, I think a lot of our, my listeners and my community is definitely more in that place that you were of thinking we're healthy right so exactly. i don't like we don't ha- we have a lot of people who are trying to find not not eat processed food mm-hmm. um at least you know trying <laughs>
1: right right um, but
0: have that awareness
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so what can we do
1: so some of the so so I I actually consider myself a pretty healthy eater um, mm-hmm. before I was sick, and so I would say the big things would be stress management, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's difficult. You know, I remember them telling me I had cancer, and then they said, "You really need to relax." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> it's like, how am I supposed to relax? You just told me I have this life-threatening disease. Um, oh but but if people understand what happens when you're under stress, then I think it creates a more compelling why to pay attention to it. And so mm-hmm. when when we are in this fight or flight uh, place, in, and it could be an acute stress where somebody you know, cuts you off driving to work and you, know, you, you have these hormones that get released into your system and your body goes through this whole quick response in milliseconds, but then it recovers. The stress I'm talking about is the chronic stress okay. so the, the chronic stress is the one that goes on for long periods of time and and you'll see it in people that have long-term financial strains people that are struggling uh, in a in a job uh, maybe uh, relationship issues yeah. things that, that wear them down grief is a is a big one and again a lot of these are things that we can't necessarily change but we have to try to find a way to change our response to them, or at least weave in some stress management. Because when you look at um, some of the number one places that get affected by long-term stress is the gut shuts down. Uh, Cortisol actually um, slows down digestion, um, decreases gastric um, acid, It, it changes way. Our food is absorbed. um, It changes our hormonal balance. And again, those are all things that we need in order for our our GI tract to function properly. Because if our GI tract is not functioning properly, these little microbiome get all thrown out of whack. I mean, I think, Mia, the big thing is, is everything is connected, right? So So what you eat, how you move, what you breathe, what you drink, how you manage stress, who you hang out with, all of these things are connected to your overall well-being and health.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely, I mean, my own personal story have found that so true because for a long time, you know, I had this big weight loss and then I got rid of seasonal allergies and I regulated my period, which I had never been able to do without medicine. So like all these things sort of happened to me when I changed my diet. But mm-hmm. it's interesting because at the same time, I very much lessened my stress and had all mm-hmm. these other tools that were in my toolbox. And it took me a couple of years to realize, because people were always asked about food, <laughs> that these other things played such a huge part in that change.
1: Well, I love, um, I love that you said that, Mia, because... One of the things that we know for sure is when people think of stress, they think about the the stress that from the email that they got from their boss, or they mm-hmm. think about stress from their spouse. Um, eating a processed diet or eating sugar, um, those are stressors too. Yeah. And so, um, even even the you know some of the biggest stressors for people that I work wa- with right now are the um, inability to unplug. You yes. know, so it, it's it's huge. I mean, and people are. We are constantly on, you know, it's, you know, people can get a hold of us um, constantly with our phone. We keep our phone next to the bed at night. Um, you know, all of these are things that are actually affecting our stress levels. So if you think you don't have stress, you want to look a little bit deeper and understand, you know, what type of stress that we're talking about. It's not just, you know, the, the things that are really obvious. It's the other things that are just getting on your nerves yeah you can't get, can't get rid of the kids or the spouse <laughs> yeah
0: no, you, can't, you can't even though sometimes that's stressful
1: <laughs> but some really good deep breathing activity a little bit of meditation that can go that can go a long way oh my gosh
0: such a long way um yeah and with the food thing like some like I, the reason I think it's so important to look at stress is very often when people are trying to change their food which obviously I hugely believe in mm-hmm. um, it can get stressful too right like all right. of a sudden it's so panicky that like your child's not eating their broccoli or whatever. And like that, that stress, you know, everything, everything can be stressful. I mean, exercise mm-hmm. can lead to stress, right?
1: Exactly. Well, yeah, the, so the, the like- oxidative stress from, from exercise. But the cool thing about nutrition Mia is that when you are giving your body the nutrients that it oh. needs, you're actually enabling your body to perform at a higher capacity, right? So you're, you're making it that those hormones are being nourished so that they can respond and do the things that they need to do. Uh, when, when people are under certain types of stress, um, you're like a finely tuned machine and nutrition, nutrition is really the gasoline that gets you, gets you going.
0: No, I always tell people that when I changed my food, it was like 20 years of therapy. Like I feel like every everything that was bothering me, like at least half, <laughs> and I felt better from what I was eating. It was amazing. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. And congratulations on, on your success. That's amazing.
0: Thank you. So, um, so what, so what, so we can, so stress management is one thing we can definitely mm-hmm. do. You threw out some great strategies, like just taking a deep breath, meditating. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like all those could take you know, one to five minutes, right? So it doesn't have to be hard. Is there another one that you love, um, uh, not stress management tool, but other ways that we can really help our
1: microbiome? So when we're on the topic of nutrition right now, um, I would get, our diet clean, as clean as possible. Mm -hmm. And I I think people don't necessarily understand how important this is. But when you think about sugar, and I'm not Mm -hmm. talking about uh, natural sugar, I'm talking about refined added sugar, Mm -hmm. um, that when you eat sugar, whether it be something you found in a salad dressing or yogurt, it's actually feeding the bad microbiome. It's the microbiome that you don't want flourishing in your your, uh, digestive tract. It feeds the bad and it actually starves the good. So the good microbiome that we want to help us metabolize our food and communicate with our immune system and help stabilize our mood, okay, there's a lot that goes on in there with those good microbiome. We want to nourish those. Sugar is like poison to them. And so some of the things that we can do is if you're needing your sweet fix, fruits, fruits and vegetables are really the name of the game when it comes to nourishing uh, microbiome. I love um, also them. also fermented foods, um, probiotics, um, you know people ask about supplements, and you can do supplements, but it's it's kind of hard to figure out necessarily which ones you need. Yep. It's much better to get them in food if you can whole foods in their in their natural state so and I would sugar say and
0: fruit you don't have a problem with
1: no, because yep. the issue is sugar, and I teach this really fun class called Sugar the Anti-Nutrient, mm. <laughs> but sugar. Actually, in order for you to metabolize sugar, you actually have to rob minerals from other parts of your body in order to break it down. So they call it, excuse me, they call it an anti-nutrient because it's taking away from another part of your body in order to break down the sugar. Um, And this is the refined sugar. When you eat the sugar that's say in an apple or a banana, excuse me, when you eat the sugar that's in a natural fruit, you're actually um, in a position where all of the things that you need to break the sugar down are present in that natural food. And so it's, it's giving you everything you need to break it down. So it's a very different, um, a different type of response in your body. And when you eat fruits and vegetables, your body's like, Oh, I know what this is. I know what to do with this. I know how to process it. But when you, when you eat a food that's highly processed, your body's like, what the heck is this? I don't know what to do with this. Where do I put it? (laughs)
0: Um, and so you mentioned salad dressing, which yeah. you know, is huge. It's funny because I became so aware of salad dressing when I changed my food that we traveled like two years into Europe. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I would, in different languages, try to like explain that I couldn't eat certain things and I didn't want them in my salad dressing. <laughs>
1: but
0: everyone over there looked at me like I was crazy from <laughs> scratch, like even in like the biggest hole in the wall, you know, and here it's like you go to, you know, feel like you can go to really fancy grocery stores like whole foods and it's you know sugary processed stuff so salad dressing is a big one are there any other like things that we might not realize have this sugar in them that's not good for us
1: well it's hidden everywhere me i mean it's in it's in bread not every bread but a lot of bread it's in ketchup it's in a lot of our condiments it's in our oatmeals it's in our cereals it's in our you know, it in our yogurts. It's in yeah. it's hidden. It's hidden everywhere. And so this is why people need to be informed consumers. And so what I do know is that um, the food labels are changing, and they're supposed to change. I think it's July twenty sixth of this year, oh. where they're going to actually list foods that are. Um, they 're going to list the foods, but they 're going to break out whether it 's natural or added sugars I mean the yeah. average The average person is not supposed to have more than six teaspoons of sugar added yeah. sugar a day, and the average American has anywhere from twenty two to thirty teaspoons yeah I love day.
0: that teaspoon <laughs> analogy. I remember I actually include a slide in some of my talks with it because one time I saw this. Um, statistic with the teaspoons, which is somewhat easier for me to grasp than grams, just because I don't think right. so much. Which exactly. and that's what labels are a lot. Exactly. But that, I think it was that you know we're meant to have six. I think men are allotted a slightly bit more, right? I they must be. Yeah, more. like nine. Yeah, yeah, they're they're
1: they're they're always given more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that um, like the at the time I think it was you know the fall and it was the pumpkin spice latte or something that everyone's yeah. getting was like 16 um, teaspoons crazy. of sugar, mm-hmm. which is just so crazy that you're starting with like over three times what you should ever have. And many people, I bet, don't even think of that as food, right? It's just like a beverage in the morning. It
1: is. Yeah. And they don't realize, you know, that it's, that it's creating this sludge in their system. So I try to do as many nasty visuals for people <laughs> as I can. So my job is to just gross them out to really like create this compelling why they want to pay attention to it but it creates this sludge called glycation inside of your vessels and it adheres to your walls and there's two main places that, that this glycation or this sludge gets stuck okay. and it, it's in the vessels of your heart so yeah. heart disease right yeah. um, and it's also in the collagen of your skin so if you're looking for the fountain of youth You know, getting rid of sugar. I can't say it's going to, you know, get the wrinkles to all go away, but there, (laughs) but there is some evidence that um, getting sugar out of your diet can improve the the fine lines on your face, which is which is a a nice, compelling why. So if the heart disease isn't going to get you, let vanity work for you. And (laughs) I feel like you can.
0: I feel uh, we we put such a um, emphasis in our culture on skinny versus fat that I feel like it's it's hard because sometimes there's skinny people that aren't healthy
1: oh yes yeah many times
0: probably and then there's you know those of us who might not look like barbie but are healthy um and you can really tell by skin it's amazing mm-hmm. like as i go yeah. around now i'm just always looking at people's skin because you can right. just see people glow in a different way and
1: I Don't do. I mean, have, you can yeah. see with smokers, right? You know, yeah. most people can look at their fingers and you can look at their, their face and their skin and you can say, oh, that person is a smoker or was a smoker. Um, sugar has the same kind of look and not quite as um, maybe obvious as a smoker, but you can, you can see that people that have had a higher sugar intake definitely creates more wear and tear on your body. And, you know, really the me of the job is to, to help your body perform its functions, help your body take care of you you know, this yeah. is where you live. This is your home. And if you're going to feed it crap, it's not going to perform well. I mean, I think I learned the hard way and maybe I, my nutrition was okay, but you know, I was asking an awful lot of my body back then when I was diagnosed with cancer and, you know, probably a little bit too much and something had to give. Yeah. And, uh, um,
0: I love that. So yeah, an interesting, so, it's interesting to me to just be right now, like in this time, because mm-hmm. I feel like in terms of eating well, there's so much, there's so many more resources. Um, I feel like awareness is starting to come up. Like, I feel like I know it's still a grassroots effort. Like we have really, I feel like I still have to do it at my home. Like it's not like school is support me. And it's certainly not that even the pediatrician might be supporting me. So because mm-hmm. you come from the nursing world that probably you know was before all you did all this work like how do you help people navigate that i, I know eventually people find you but mm-hmm. what happens like how do we advocate for ourselves when this isn't what people are saying when you go to the doctor or to school or to work you know when when that when this isn't when all these holistic healthy things to do, like not stress out and eat well and get sleep and, you know, not be on electronics 24 seven. I feel like that's not, that's still not what we're saying as a whole society. Obviously that's a problem.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. You know, I, I, I talk to people about building a team, Mm. you know, your, your healthcare team, nobody's going to be the expert in everything. Right. Um, hopefully you can pair up with a physician that doesn't have an ego so big that they're not willing to look outside of their traditional (laughs) Western medicine box. I mean, that's my thing. If I, anytime I get, and I've had a lot of doctors in my life and my, my grandfather was, um, had a surgery at the Faulkner in Boston. So I grew up in this medical world and um, his ego, he never had a huge ego. If if somebody felt they had something to offer or suggest, um, you know, my, my thing to always bring back to my clients are you are the expert on you. Really, I mean, you're the expert on you. You know what is going to work for your life in many ways. My job as a a whole health educator and functional nutritionist is to access the inner resources that you already have in order to um, pull off what you think you can do, right? And and give you education so that you can, in a safe manner, get to the goals that you want. So if you're in a situation where you have a physician that is, you know, you're bouncing these ideas off of them. Um, hopefully they'll be open to them, but also you know communication is key. And you know I operate off of a what I call a pills and skills model. So you know if somebody has is on a statin to lower their cholesterol or on insulin to to help their diabetes, if they're on a pill of some sort, then this pills and skills model is you know what are the skills that you can do to improve the efficacy of those pills. Mm, and so for example. There's so many people that are on cholesterol-lowering medications, we call them statins, and then they're going out and they're eating fried food because they're like, oh, I'm protected. (laughs)
0: Yes. <laughs> but actually
1: they're not, they're really, they're not doing their body any favors. They're not helping their body perform in, you know, to max capacity. It's the same thing I see with, with insulin dependent diabetics. You know, they're like, oh, I'm going to up my insulin today and I'm going to have some cake and ice cream, you know? So yeah. it, it's, it's, and I understand that this is their way of learning how to manage, but if they understood the lower levels of inflammation that they're creating, uh, you know, your, your, your diet is one of the um, your diet is one of the most effective ways to either increase inflammation in your body or decrease inflammation in your body. And and I think if people understand that inflammation is the root cause of most illnesses, everything from, from diabetes, heart disease, Alzheimer's, um, cancer, you know, this is, this is super important to think about.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. And it's funny because, To you know, part of my reason behind asking that question is I didn't know, like, I didn't understand. Like, I don't think, I mean, probably everybody's not supposed to be medicine free. I don't know the answer to that, but I know Mm -hmm. that I, but what I've learned is I didn't need to be on the medicines that I was on. Like I could, I had more control than I thought I did. So I thought that like, I was just born in a way that I couldn't get my period every month, and I was Mm -hmm. born with allergies. And I didn't realize that having to pop these pills every day, like, didn't have to be part of my life. And so it was actually really surprising when I changed my food; (laughs) these things just like didn't happen anymore. And it's just it's so it's so interesting to me that that not everybody, you know, that at least not trained medical professionals all know that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're you're actually speaking to what my passion is. Right. And so there's, there's not like these traditional Western medicine trained practitioners like me, right. That is how I was trained, yeah, They're yes. trained a certain way. And, and thank goodness, because I would not be here if it wasn't for their intervention right. in life. Right. So, so I'm not saying anything bad about that, but yep. I'm there's a wonderful way that we can merge both of these worlds. And so functional nutrition and functional medicine and actually looks at root cause resolution, right? So if you've got, you know, say um, heart disease and, or high blood pressure, and I just give you the pill to control the blood pressure, I don't truly, under that's a little bit more of a band-aid approach. I don't truly understand what is causing that uh, high blood pressure until I start looking at the person. And I do that. This is what I do in my Is I have a very extensive intake form. I understand what they're eating, how they're at moving, uh, how they move their bowels. I understand, you know, soup to nuts from birth till where they are now. And then my job is really more of a detective to to kind of uncover what are the potential aggravating factors that are escalating this blood pressure. And so wouldn't it be nice to nip it there rather than having to take the medication, rather than just treating the symptoms, we're actually treating the root cause and hopefully improving the person's quality of life.
0: I love that. And what I found is when I figured that out and I, you know, figured out the lifestyle and the food and whatnot. And you know, obviously it's not perfect. Like I feel like it's a journey that we're on forever. (laughs) But um, you know, I did f- figure out some key things and I don't miss the cake or the sh- you know what like, I it's right. like you don't you end up it's hard when you're in it to understand that or mm-hmm. to like intellectually like grasp that but like I feel like we're meant to be healthy and happy. Like we were born to be healthy and happy. And so when we can get back to that um the, the rest sort of melts away. It's interesting.
1: Well, I love how you said that too. We were meant to be happy and healthy and I think it, you know when people are feeling sick and tired, they don't realize how sick and tired they feel yes. until they're on the other side. Yes. So in your, situation, in your situation, and even in mine, I don't think I realized how stressed I was until I got to the other side. And I was like, wow, I was a mess. No. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, wow, I really, you know, I, I didn't realize it. I hear it from the, some of my patients that have had, had open heart surgery. I, I, I didn't realize how tired or fatigued I was. So yeah. when people get to that, this is why, you know, some of these, like I, I do elimination diet programs with people. And so sometimes we'll get out some of these big pro-inflammatory foods in their life. And then when they're on the other side, they come in, they're like, I don't ache as much. My arthritis is better. I I don't have brain fog. Oh, I feel so much better. Like you hear these statements and then that becomes the compelling why they stay the course, Mm. right? So So just like you, Mia, you're like, oh man, that cake's not worth it. I feel so good now. Feeling good outweighs, it trumps feeling bad. And and that's the thing. When people get to this other side, there's nothing that turns them back. And so that it's really this quality. This is why I have such an issue with, you know, diet programs that say, you know, we'll just count the calories and you can eat the chocolate and you can eat this. We're not retraining the body to love the nurturing food. Yeah. And, and that's what we want is we want the body to get used to this nurturing food. And then eventually it starts to reject. I don't, I don't know about you Mia, but if I eat something that's a little bit off from what I, my normal diet is, I'm sick. Like I don't feel yeah. good.
0: Yeah. 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 No, totally. So, yeah. Um, and, uh,
1: if,
0: if, and I can get sick fast and then I can get on sick, you know, like, yes. I don't do it yeah. so much. I have to admit these days. Um, But, right. but yeah, no, you totally. And it but so, so, and what happened for me was when I started, obviously I had to take stuff out, um, mm-hmm. but the blessing in this, cause I fully admit that I was a yo-yo dieter, like not in a good sense, mm-hmm. um, before, um, but what happened eventually, very quickly the last time around, which was nine years ago, I, um, realized like what I needed to add in instead of what I needed to take away. And it sort of shifted it for me. And so for me, it was about having a lot of fruits and veggies. Um, mm-hmm my my antidote at the time was to go raw vegan um that is not how I live mm-hmm. anymore but that was that was my sort of transition into health so mm-hmm. um so so anyway it was really helpful to just focus on what I could have whereas I feel like so often in calorie counting I, I always felt deprived you know I had done right. I literally did every diet like that. <laughs> um, I would be on it yeah. um, and I just remember just feeling like yucky about it so, mm-hmm. so, the, so the focus on fruits and veggies really help, which i I know is what you teach as well
1: mm-hmm. so, so, like, it,
0: what is that that number like what is what do we need to aim for there
1: so at, at least nine to thirteen, and okay. I know that may sound like a huge serving. number, but per yeah serving so. Yep. You know, that's one apple would be one serving. Yeah. A cup of leafy vegetables would be a second serving. And the goal is to get not only um, the nine to 13, but in with variety, because with each each of the, um, when you eat that rainbow, they each have a special um, something they're giving your body that is, that is going to help keep you healthy. And yeah. And I can't say enough about fruits and vegetables. Uh, because they really are nature's medicine. I mean, they they contain um, antioxidants that help uh, neutralize those free radicals, and the free radicals are the things that you know they're the kind of pissed off cells that that <laughs> that bring in um, other cells and get a momentum going. And then we've got a cancer cell, or we've got diabetes, or we've got heart disease. There's a lot of um, things that these free radicals can can cause in our bodies, and as we age the need for fruits and vegetables, high quality fruits and vegetables increases because our cells get old. And that's why, yeah. you know, we used to see, we used to see, and this is actually, this is a, you know, a great um, social study. If you look at the way our our, our um, society is going, I mean, we're now seeing adult onset diseases like diabetes, heart disease, and cancer in children that yeah. were normally saved for the elderly. And part of the reason that we're seeing these diseases in this younger population is because of diet and inactivity and screen time and, you know, all this stuff. But but diet is a huge part of this. And so we're seeing these cells get old a lot quicker than, you know, we did years and years ago. And so this is why we're seeing disease. So fruits and vegetables are one of the best antidotes that you can do for everybody in your family. Um, Variety is key. Um, and these are the these are the ones that can help protect your body. It's not a magic pill. I mean, it's not something that it's gonna. You just start eating apples every day, and all of a sudden, you're gonna get better. But, <laughs> but you're, but you're nurturing. You're nurturing your your body. You're setting it up for success, and you're giving it everything that it needs in order to perform in a way that's gonna give you, hopefully, yeah. a higher quality of life.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because like I feel like so many of the things that I you know changed. Um, you know some took a long time like i had had e- chronic ear infections so like i haven't had antibiotics in 8 years but i didn't notice that right away you know cuz it took my body a minute not to get sick and i had teeny little kids at the time who mm-hmm. obviously always had stuffy noses cuz yeah. i didn't know them well yet <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, i took care of myself first yeah yeah but um But what, like something that did change very quickly for me was I got my period and Mm -hmm. I I had never gotten it without medicine. And it happened within four days of just the vegetables, which was so amazing. I was like, wow, like what just happened?
1: Well, your body, your body is super smart, Mia. Like it, it takes what it needs. So if you give it, so this is the, you know, if you give it what it needs, your cells are so smart that it's going to take what it needs in order to function. Right, I mean that's, and so this is, you know, your body. It sounds like really needed some of that nourishment from the fruits and vegetables, and then it said, "Oh, I know what to do now."
0: Yeah, my my audience knows this because I tell this story all the time. But the day before I changed my diet, it was two p.m. and I had consumed eight cups of coffee, and I was really tired. And that was wow. (laughs) But you're gonna be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I'm talking to this." nine years ago. Wow. And here I am. That's amazing. Um, so tell us, so are all your, so first of all, Jackie's like the most amazing teacher, you guys. I, I, I feel like as a person who's, you know, not a trained medical professional, um, and totally on a journey to be the healthiest I can. One of the things that really helps me is the more I actually learn about what's going on. Um, it just, it just really helps speed my why, like why I would show up to do this, or why I'm doing it for my kids at this point, and all that. And so, you have a gift as a teacher.
1: Oh, thank so, you. That means the world. Thank and you. I
0: heard you live, um, mm-hmm. and you're somewhat in my area, so that's nice. Do you teach online too?
1: I do. Yeah, okay. all my all all of my programs are available online. Oh, uh, awesome. And I, I have two different uh, virtual classrooms: one that can hold like a hundred people, and another that holds like fifty people. So I oh. offer classes all over the country.
0: Okay, so um, tell us how the best, like, what's the best way to find you?
1: So you can go to my website, which is jackiebryan.com, and it's J-A-C-Q-U-I-B-R-Y-A-N.com. And or we'll you have can, show notes as well. Oh, great. And then people can always write me uh, an email. So my email is email me at JackieBryan.com. Awesome. And um, I do I work with people on Zoom calls and I do all different types of virtual learning. And I also I get flown to different facilities when they want to have a live program. But um, it's it's super fun. I am so fortunate to be in this industry to connect with people like you and and just to be able to work with this amazing audience, because I think everybody wants to feel like you said, happy and healthy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much for your time today.
1: And thank you so much for all you're doing. I mean, it's it's just extraordinary. So I appreciate you giving me some time uh, today with your audience and with you. And I look forward to uh, following more of all the amazing things you're doing.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you guys loved that episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I absolutely adored talking to Jackie. I love talking to medical professionals who really get it. So at the end of every episode, I always share three doable changes. This is so that you don't just get inspired by these episodes. You also take action. And my recommendation is not even to take on all three. Pick one. Figure out how it can work into your week schedule in time, make space for that thing to happen. And over the course of a year, if you pick one thing a week, at the end of the year, you'll have 52 habits. And what I find is often when we take on everything at once, we go, go, go. And then at some point we can't go anymore. And at the end of the year, we don't really have any habits. So this technique is something that I've seen work. I've seen work in my life and I've seen work in my client's life, and so I want it to work for you too. So choose one thing and go with it, and please come over to the Plan Simple Meals Facebook page, find the episode, and tell me which thing you're working on. I would absolutely love to know. All right, here's the three doable changes from this episode. Eat a variety of fruits and vegetables. If 9 to 13 servings of fruits and veggies sounds daunting to have that in a day start where you are and just upgrade that that's how you make it doable add one fruit or vegetable to every meal pick one you don't usually eat or round out your rainbow in some way so if everything's green see what you could add that's red or orange or yellow or another color make a game of getting a variety of colors each day And if you have fun with it and you make space for shopping and you go to a farmer's market or you go to a restaurant that you know has more veggies than you usually have in your home, you'll start to see that you're getting more and more veggies and you'll start to notice the difference. All right? Doable change number one. Number two, unplug. Jackie talks about the stress we have because we're never unplugged. Create an unplugged zone in your life. Maybe it's the dinner table and all electronics are off. I hope you guys do that anyway. But if you don't do that as part of your doable change, silence them too. Because even if you don't check your phone, a little ping, and that message that keeps you coming in during dinner, it keeps you from the unplugged space. And actually, you know, I say I hope you do that anyway. But we all, even if we say we're having dinner unplugged, We might have a discussion and need to check something on the Google and all of a sudden the phone is back at the table. Do you know what I mean? So see if you can go unplugged. A big challenge would be see if you can go unplugged for a week this summer. So maybe this isn't your doable change next week, but you pick a vacation week and you really commit to unplugging. Number three, be aware of sugar. Sugar is huge when it comes to microbiome health. And part of the problem is that people aren't even aware of how much they consume. So in a week, notice where sugar is in your diet and how much, start reading labels. Think about drinks, including coffee, soda, alcohol. Start to learn and notice how much sugar is in those drinks. Salad dressing and other condiments are also big culprits. So if you're not making salad dressing from scratch, then read the label. Ketchup's a big one during barbecue season. Look at that label. They're definitely not all ketchups are created equal, so read the labels and find the one with the least sugar. Breads and cereals um, also can have a lot of sugar, and so can yogurt if you have yogurt. Really, even plain yogurt can sometimes have sugar. It's unbelievable. So really read the labels and be aware how much you're getting because that's the only way that you can change it. So those are our three doable changes for this week. I have lots of ideas for the first one, the fruits and veggies, um, so if you need any more ideas, definitely shoot us an email, mia at plansimplemeals.com, or come join that conversation on Facebook, and let's just think through some ideas. If you send me an email, I even have a really cool cheat sheet that you can have that would help you get through if that's the thing that you're picking for this week. And as usual, if you want even more changes, I've created a document that has 101 things to choose from, although these three are great, and you can go to plansimplemeals.com 101 to get your copy of that list, and I will see you guys on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple podcast. Bye for now.